Hi, welcome to the podcast, How to Be a Boss at Aging. My name is Anneke Somerville, and this week I'm going to be interviewing Jess Harrod, and basically she's a breathing specialist or a breathwork specialist. Uh, She probably wouldn't call herself a breathing specialist, but essentially breathing is one of those things that we don't really think about. Uh, We just kind of do it. But often when we're in an anxious state or an angry state, we're not really breathing properly. And then we get into this kind of cycle of feeling out of control, feeling as if we want to throw stuff or want to cry or want to strangle somebody. And Part of that is being driven by the fact that we're panting rather than breathing from our stomachs or breathing more slowly. Um, And it's something I've noticed with myself. Uh, The last couple of weeks, I've had quite a lot of work deadlines and essentially quite often I'm just panting over my laptop in a really peculiar way and it's only when I actually take a step back and go you're panting that I can stop doing it and I bet now if you're listening you're probably becoming more aware of the way that you're breathing and even just becoming a bit more aware is really helpful because you're kind of taking a step back and you're like oh okay now I'm I'm aware of the fact that I'm breathing in this weird way and that's having an influence on how I'm feeling so we'll be talking a lot about that we'll also be doing a exercise a breath work exercise so hopefully you can sit down for two seconds and well more than two seconds Gordon Bennett let's have a let's have a four minute sit down shall we and really focus on your breathing and see how that impacts on your mood and your feelings I find that sometimes when I'm having a bad day just heading into the loo shutting the door I can't shut the door because the kids come in but if I can shut the door and just breathing slowly for a few breaths helps me sort of feel a little bit more normal again before I start throwing socks out the window and banging saucepans and raging. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it and I'll be back at the end to talk to you again. Ta-da! I'm really excited this week because actually I think I've been following you, Jess, for a while on Instagram and actually wanted to book one of your sessions, but ironically was too busy and anxious to actually book it. So basically today I've got Jess Harrod with me and Jess basically is going to tell me a little bit more about what she does. But the reason that I've got her on is obviously I think a lot of people at the moment are sort of, well, not just at the moment, but generally are going through quite anxious times. And what's fascinating me about the work that you do is that you use breathing to sort of help people manage um, difficult emotions. So just give us a little bit more background on how did you get into this particular field and why does it kind of fascinate you? Uh, First of all, hi, and thanks for having me. It's lovely to meet you finally. Um, I have been working on myself for about two years, having realised that I was living this perfect life that I'd spent 10 years building, Um, you know, the job, the kids, um, and then realizing that actually I was incredibly unhappy. And I had people coming up to me and saying, oh my gosh, your life is so perfect. Your kids are beautiful. Your husband's amazing. Your job sounds awesome. And inside I was just thinking, this is terrible. So I started working with a coach and about a year into that, the pandemic hit and lockdown one hit. And I I was realized I was walking around and I was actually holding my breath. Mm. And I've actually had a few clients who experienced that. And that's obviously linked to anxiety. And I, through this coach of mine, um, Anna Marsh, she's amazing. She was doing transformational breath work. And I thought, why not give it a go? It's an active meditation. So it is, it's quite an intense experience. And it's more about a sort of like one session of conscious breathing. Mm-hmm. And people use their breath to really activate themselves, um, get into their body, connect with emotions, 
and uh, you can find that you have quite an intense release of stuck energy, things that have built up over a lifetime. I've had clients who've been through quite um, traumatic illnesses, for example, saying they haven't been able to cry for five years and they'll sort of have a big release during the session. Um, and then the next, the second half of the session is a relaxed session where you then have a really intense relaxation period after that. So, I mean, there's there are two different kinds of breathing. I have realized since then I started to train as a breathwork practitioner. You get this um, sort of controlled conscious breath practice, which I would, which I'm I'm, t- I'm doing a lot at the moment. Those are my breathwork sessions, my transformational breathwork sessions that I'm offering. And then there's more of a sort of daily breath practice, which I am looking to start getting into more with clients after the Easter holidays. And that's more about how are you breathing day to day? Are you holding your breath? There's something called, um, it's called email apnea. There's a scientific name I can't remember, but a lot of us are in a highly distractible state all day. And we, we're breathing very shallowly <sighs> through our mouths a lot of the time. And that's not good for your body. That puts your body into the sympathetic nervous system response. And that's when you start to feel really stressed. It's so interesting because, I mean, you would kind of, I mean, I've always thought that basically breathing is something that you just, you kind of do it without really being aware of it. And then sometimes you can become aware of it. And sometimes that, if you're in a quite an anxious state, sometimes that can make you feel more, (laughs) more anxious. I suffered with quite intense anxiety after the birth of my second daughter about six months in. And I noticed that I became aware of the symptoms of anxiety, the physical symptoms. Um, so I think, oh, I've got my heart's going really fast. I'm breathing really fast. And then I was almost on this roller coaster because I was getting carried away with the physical things that were going on in my body. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is actually that one of them, for sort of really when you're in that fight or flight kind of situation, I found that just trying to breathe, just even to take a couple of deep breaths in and out was was just the first step almost in getting me on the path to normality. And so I often get asked the question, you know, um, what do I, because you know, when you're really quite anxious, you can't really pick up a book and read it, or you can't necessarily start, you know, doing research on the internet. You really are just wanting to get to a place where you feel a little bit more normal and breathing can do that, can't it? Yes, absolutely. And there are a few breath techniques. And I think this is, this is where it's helpful to, to be aware of this sort of thing. You obviously don't want to be learning a breathing technique while you're having an anxiety attack. And I mean, in situations where people are extremely anxious, I would always suggest, and I mean, I've had anxiety myself. I also experienced anxiety after having babies. You you might want to start with going to your GP and getting some anti-anxiety meds just to, you know, get to the place where you can then learn tools to deal with anxiety. It's all about sort of getting to a place where you can be receptive to these things. So if you're in the middle of an anxiety attack, of course, it's just about breathing and so often when we're anxious, we will be taking short, fast breaths in through our mouth, into our, into the top of our lungs and into our shoulder area. You might find your shoulders, <laughs> you might find yourself sort of hunched over like that. So just it's about being conscious about yourself, becoming aware. You want to sort of try and sit up a little bit, just relax your belly and try and breathe into your belly and relax your diaphragm. And again, you definitely want to be not in a state of extreme anxiety when you're learning the technique. But having learnt it, you can then use it very effectively. And there are a few techniques that I could talk about. Do you want me to do, you want me to do one with you now? 
Oh, I'd love it. I mean, it's it's very good timing for me because I've been, I mean, I've been literally hunched over a laptop working to a deadline and I have been doing exactly the style of breathing that you described. So sort of, I don't know, kind of chihuahua style panting or, you know, those kind of pug dogs, which always sound very unhealthy as if they're going to just keel over at any time. So that would be great. And then if people are listening at home, I take it, obviously, they should never try and do these things while they're driving or anything like that. You really need to be at home in a safe place where you can do it um, without falling over. Absolutely. And um, you'd be surprised. Yes, we do have stories in the breathwork community of people doing all sorts of things that is not best practice. So the two things that we are always told to tell people, don't do it while you're driving and don't do it if you're in water, um, because there are all sorts of crazy breath techniques around um, holding your breath. And there are unfortunately people who do have terrible accidents. So, yes, safety first at home. And I mean, you can do this sort of thing in the in an office if we ever get back to offices um, or in the supermarket. Once you're practiced at it, you can do it without being, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily stand out. Some of them are quite subtle. So I'm going to start with a really simple, subtle breath. It's called 4-4 balanced breathing. And it's just a really good starting point for everyone because something like box breath for me that's a really good go-to with anxiety you breathe in for four you hold in for four you breathe out for four you hold out for four that's a great technique that could also be used for anxiety but it can be quite a challenge especially as you say when you're in an anxiety attack it it can be quite hard to even breathe simply and straight in a straightforward way so four four balanced breathing is what we're going to do first of all i'm going to do a little setup with you so You don't just breathe like you would normally breathe when you do a breathing practice. You want to breathe consciously. So initially, uh, first of all, you want to just sit up, if you can, in a chair with your, I mean, you're you're leaning back, which is also fine. So let's just do that because that's where you are. So you can can lean back against pillows on your bed as if you were reading. Um, You can use this at nighttime as well to calm yourself down. So you can do it lying down. Um, And then how you breathe is quite important. So you want to do what's called ocean breath. So if you put your hand up in front of your mouth and blow as if you're misting up a window, you can feel your breath in your hand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then do that with a closed mouth. So you can feel a slight restriction in your throat and almost like a Darth Vader sound in the back of your throat. So you want to do that on the in-breath and the out-breath. And that we do that to control the breathing. So you're not just gulping breath in, because I think that sometimes can happen when you're in an anxiety attack. And would you usually close your eyes as well, Jess, when you're doing this? Yes, unless you were in the supermarket. Um, But yes, so if you're doing it in a safe place at home, absolutely. And we close our eyes just to centre ourselves and sort of turn the focus inward. Okay. So you've you've got your ocean sounding breath in the back of your throat for control. And also it's uh, the vibration stimulates the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm which is linked to the parasympathetic nervous system. So you'll stimulate that as well. Okay. And it's very simple. So close your eyes, do that slight constriction in your throat, and you just want to breathe in for the count of four and then out for the count of four. So if you want to breathe in, one, two, three, four, and then out, three, two, one, in, two, three, four, out, Three, two, one, in, one, two, three, four, out, three, two, one, in, two, three, 
four, out, three, two, one. And then just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Just, just feel the difference in your body. I don't know if you can feel it. I find it's quite a quick, mm. it quite quickly calms me down. It really, um, I, I do almost feel a bit zonked, you know, like a bit kind of like um, sometimes when you've had a really good yoga class, you know, and you initially sit up and you feel, yeah, much, much more calmer, a little bit out of it, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, that's so that that's one of the breaths that you might do during the day to, to sort of balance yourself. There are breaths that you would do maybe in the evening where you, you extend the out breath. So apparently the in-breath is linked to your sympathetic nervous system and the out-breath is linked to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the, the calm side. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, if you're going, <gasps> you know, if you get a fright, that's your fight or flight response. And then if you, <sighs> so it's all about lengthening that out-breath. And if you wanted to make it more calming, you would just lengthen the out-breath a little bit. There was, um, I must remember actually the name of the person, you would have heard of them. Is it Dr. Kurt... Um, there's somebody who basically I was watching a YouTube video and he does something where I think it is it called the four, five, seven or something. Or it, there was something where it was basically different counts. So instead of doing four in and four out, it was I think that it was doing a longer one out. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 will probably be. Is it four, three, eight? And so this is this is the counting can be quite complicated. The technique I've used I've learned um, through working with a, a breath coach called Lucas Rockwood. It's it's very simplified. So there are a lot of complicated counting and they work. The one that we use is you count in for four and you breathe out for eight. Yes, that's it. And the one I think you're referring to, which is also very good, you breathe in for, I think, three and then you hold. That's breath it, in for four, four. And then and then you breathe release. out for whatever the number is. And that's also brilliant. That breath holding just for a short amount of time can really help you to add like an extra level of calmness. So once you're feeling a bit calm after your panic attack, if you do some of the, or anxiety attack, if you do a little bit of just the four, four, you might then add in a little bit of a hold on the in and then a hold on the out. But that can be quite challenging for people. Um, it's interesting because um, one of the things, I mean, we talked about anxiety and sort of panic. The other thing that sort of comes up quite a lot and has, has been coming up a lot for me as I get into my late 40s, and possibly more sort of um, perimenopausal. I was going to say merrymenopausal, but that doesn't sound, that's not right at all. Merry, if it's only. not, it's not the merrymenopause. It's kind of, and a lot of women that I speak to say similar things with kind of rage, you know, kind of anger, which in a way can elicit similar sort of emotions to anxiety. It's just that the way that you express it, you know, you sort of end up sort of shouting at somebody or throwing something. And I'm, I expect that the breathing is also playing a role there, isn't it? In terms of, your adrenaline and your heart going because I, I mean I've still got relatively young children and I was just reflecting this morning that with my first child I had such real bouts of anger you know real you know irrational anger coming out of nowhere and this time I'm slightly calmer but nonetheless there can still be days especially when I'm sleep deprived where I really just find myself wanting to kick a door or throw something out the window and I, I imagine that so breathing can help in those situations too. Absolutely this is where I really find the active meditation, the transformational breath work really, really helpful along with coaching. So I'm actually, I'm a coach and I use breath work or embodiment to sort of support 
um, clients getting in touch with themselves, um, especially as mothers. And a lot of my clients are mothers, just I think because of the area I live in. We put our needs aside, maybe even as women, you know, you might have been brought up to not feel like you can put your needs first. Maybe your mum has always, you know, put everyone else before her. Um, so suppressed needs, suppressed emotions, all of those things can can lead to just a real buildup and a pushing down of things that we need to actually feel, release and explore. And it will often lead to us realizing that we need to put firmer boundaries in place. Obviously, that's hard with small kids, but you can still, people can still put boundaries in place, maybe more than they think they can, or maybe they, maybe more than they have been led to believe that they can. So yeah, definitely for that sort of thing, of course, daily breathing. If you've been breathing <laughs> all day while you're working and then your child has a meltdown, you're, you're going to be in your fight or flight response in a sort of inappropriately long way, or you've been in your fight and flight response for all day, you will be more likely to snap. But if you add to that as well, a buildup of years and years and years of suppressed emotions, yeah, it's just a perfect storm, isn't it? It is. And I think that's, um, I was talking to another mother about it recently and she was sort of saying, you know, we're taught as women that kind of anger is not acceptable, that, you know, it's not an acceptable emotion. Um, and actually it's almost as if, you know, anxiety or, or being kind of in a bit of a panic is more acceptable because it's kind of, you know, that we have lots of stereotypes of, you know, that's what mums are like you know they're constantly neurotic and you know they're worrying all the time but actually when you get confronted by a woman who's actually angry <laughs> um it's kind of like no that's definitely not acceptable even now even with our you know maybe greater kind of gender equality we've still got some way to go so that causes you to suppress it even more doesn't it rather than actually letting it come out I'm interested in the the physiological thing because obviously it's all related from what you're saying you know you you're not breathing properly and then that's causing this kind of impact on your body which is making you feel rapid heartbeat and maybe feel out of control if we are breathing properly what is that doing for our body how is that kind of making a positive change so the I'll, I'll I'll give quite a simple response to this because it can you can get very caught up in the science and if anyone is interested in finding out more there's a brilliant book by James Nestor called Breath where he goes into a lot of the research and a lot of the the sort of science behind it a lot of the science is a bit patchy because as you said at the beginning people just breathe so there hasn't necessarily been a lot of consistent research into it but what I can tell you factually you've got neuroreceptors in your nose and in your lungs a little bit a little bit deeper down so when you're breathing in through your nose and you're breathing you know you don't want to be breathing too deeply but you're just breathing at the right rate rel relatively deeply into your lungs those neuroreceptors are telling your brain and your body that you are in um, rest and digest rather than fight or flight so you're in your parasympathetic nervous system um so that's the simple version really of that and then there's also um the balance of co2 is also very very important most people think it's a breathing is about oxygen um, but what you find when you start to work with people on breathing is that most people's oxygen is absolutely perfectly fine it's just the co2 balance isn't quite there so co2 is very important it's what makes you breathe in so it's what tells your body that you need to breathe in so you obviously need it um, but too much of it and you can find that you are gasping for breath. So it's just about breathing at a rate that stimulates the right neuroreceptors for rest and digest when you need it and also at the right rate so that you've got enough CO2 for what you need. Of course, people do do the activating breath work. You might do, there's something called Kalapati breathing, which is a very fast breathing technique that people might do to get fired up 
I am. Um, I was watching a video, I think, which was on your feed where you were. I mean, I had the sound turned off, which um, so I couldn't I couldn't hear what what noise it was making. But you seemed to be doing sort of quite intense breathing. You were lying down and doing quite intense breathing. What was that? What kind of breathing was that then? And what was that? Was that a bit what you're saying? Sort of more kind of. I don't want to say aggressive because it wasn't aggressive, but it was kind of it was definitely noticeable that you were breathing in and out. Hmm. So that was me doing a transformational breathwork session. And that is an activating. So the first part of the, the breathwork session is activating. So you're breathing. It's it's um, in and out. So you go. <gasps> and it, it's hard work. It activates you. It gets you out of your head. You give your head the breathing to do. You give your brain the breathing to do. So your brain's busy. Your brain's off there. And you really connect with your body. And I mean, people have incredible experiences where they realize they've been feeling things for years and their brain's been telling them because your brain's always there to tell you, oh, no, you can't feel that. Or it's not ladylike to feel angry, as we were saying earlier. You can feel anxious, though. So let's turn that anger into anxiety. And actually, when you do the breath work, you'll find out you've you've actually got all these suppressed emotions. So it's so it's very it can be very intense and very healing. Uh, some people find it just very relaxing, which, again, is also great. But yeah, that was that was me doing that. It was it was fascinating because I think that's the other thing is that, again, I come back to the kind of women and how we're taught to kind of the, the appearances of almost kind of, you know, don't breathe too hard because that's not particularly, you know, that looks a bit strange or, you know, you're only really used to seeing that kind of breathing perhaps when a woman is in the in labour, you know, where you sort of think, oh, actually, that's that's kind of it's almost like we're kind of a bit apologetic about how much space we take up, how much noise we make. And that's what I like about it when I saw it was I was kind of like actually yes why not do that you know why not why why do I have to feel that I have to ask permission in order to to do that I didn't ask this I mean I I did ask um a few questions up front but I, I hadn't sort of touched on the role of you talked about sort of suppressed emotions but I suppose I was thinking about grief and that kind of thing as well which you know I hadn't sort of asked you to prepare on but I was interested in because in a way if you lose somebody and a lot of people I think this week because of what it's the anniversary of uh, of the lockdown and we've obviously had a lot of commemorative kind of activities and um, I had lost my father last year and it'll be a year on Saturday and I was thinking again that kind of this idea of kind of letting go of of emotions is it feels very connected to the ways that people grieve the kind of the the holding on versus the kind of just acknowledging the sadness and and the flow and sort of going with it do you ever deal with clients who are kind of struggling with with grief for example and does it help them as well um yes i do um i've worked with clients who've lost loved ones um also clients who are maybe going through a, a severe illness they might be grieving what they wish they had had or you know they're they're sort of not as healthy as they could be or um, they might be facing a potentially shortened lifespan and have kids so so there's a there's a lot of work we do around grief and this this particular practice um, that I'm doing a lot at the moment with clients the transformational breath work you breathe into your belly and into your chest with the two in-breaths so it's into the area in your body where your body remembers a lot of things like shame and guilt in your belly. If you think about how you feel, if you think about if you think about a time you got really embarrassed, you're going to feel that in your belly. You might feel sick with nerves. It's that sort of thing. Um, and then you breathe into the chest, which is uh, the heart center where we where we do tend to keep things like 
um, grief and anxiety. And you'll, you'll often, I mean, people talk about heartache. There's a reason for that. Your body remembers those things. I mean, your body doesn't remember. It doesn't have actual memory cells. People can get a bit hung up on these details, but you, you will feel a feeling there if you think about a past experience where you've been sad or, or anxious um, or somewhere in your body. It might not be exactly there. But yes, yeah, so so there's a, there's a lot of clients who, who, can, who come to me to sort of access those feelings um, especially with grief and and trying to get on with our lives, we tend to have to sometimes push down, not maybe all of the grief, but you you often have to push down some of your grief just to get on with life, to get out of bed. And you'll find, or some people do find that they do have unprocessed bits of grief that they can, they can that can be very helpful to breathe into and release. It's interesting because you you kind of have to, and I think especially coming back to having family at home and small children there's a part of grieving which is quite positive in that you're forced to get up every day and have a routine and look after them but exactly as you said you can sometimes just sort of push it down and then it comes up in quite surprising moments you know so you can suddenly be watching a tv program or just see some something that's quite triggering and suddenly you're very you know very sad and overwhelmed again yes absolutely or it can come out as other emotions anger for example that's very common in men because for men as you say with women we're, we're all stereotyped men are told that anger is a is an emotion that's acceptable for men so a lot of a lot of anger from men is actually rooted in other things and it can be things like grief that hasn't been processed or it's fascinating do you um do you know obviously one of the famous people who talks about breathing and i'm i'm, I'm doing a very sort of uh you know you must have heard of him you know you know wim hof is it or yes. wim hof it's only because i i initially watched um gwyneth paltrow has this series um on netflix and i watched uh, an episode where the team go and spend a kind of few days with him and he does sort of he does some breathing techniques he also does sort of being submerged in ice cold water um and other things is there anything from his i mean i noticed that he's very he's he's very sort of mainstream now it seems like you know he has a book out and he's got an app and he's got all kinds of other things that kind of idea of of breathing and i mean he ties it into also sort of holding breath as well doesn't he because it seemed that that was part of his therapy is it linked to what you're doing as well again it's just about offering some form of well-being and release through becoming more aware of your breath yeah, absolutely. And I mean, his, his practices are awesome. I don't actually know too much about them. He, he's, his book is on my reading list. It's a similar practice in that it's an activating practice. So it's, you wouldn't do it to make yourself go to sleep. And he's, he's using it more though. I, I, my understanding of it is that he's using it more to, to sort of get control of your physical body and to sort of use your nervous system to be able to hold your breath for longer under under icy water and all of that. And I think that's awesome. I think what he's doing is awesome. So yes, it's similar to what I'm doing in that you're using your breath to activate your body in a certain way. It's a conscious breathing technique. And if if people are listening now, and we talked about, we tried the 4-4 breathing, and we talked about some of the other techniques, obviously, they can follow you on Instagram and get in touch if they want to um, have a a treatment or have a session with you. But what would be a, a tip just sort of day to day, if you're somebody who's kind of listening and we're not always in a high state of anxiety, but just kind of feeling as if you're not quite yourself. You know, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I, I just feel like it's been a bit relentless. I'm I'm knackered. Um, you know, I feel like it's just one thing after another. We've got the prospect of Easter with more kids at home again, which I think most people are like, oh, I can't face any more time with them now. What do we, what, is there one little tip or takeaway that you would, you would give them? 
Yes. So my biggest tip or takeaway is for anything, but but particularly breath, and we've discussed this a bit, is you need to be aware of your breathing. The, with, with awareness, you can then realize, oh, I'm breathing a lot through my mouth in a shallow way. If you're not aware, you can't take any steps to to help yourself. You also might be aware of your breathing and it's fine. And then you maybe think, oh, it's not my breath. It's something else that I can maybe get help with. So that's that sounds maybe a bit not, it's not like the most powerful thing I could say, but it really is so empowering if you become aware, oh, I'm doing that. And throughout the day, you can maybe even set an alarm on your phone to go off every hour and just just have a little check-in because we're not used to checking in with ourselves. I find that, I mean, that's so useful because I think even while we've been talking, because we've been talking about breath, obviously we did that little exercise as well. I My breath has slowed down. I can feel that it has. And then that's had an impact because I think probably at the beginning of our conversation, my el- my sort of shoulders were up by my ears and I was sort of hunched over my laptop. And I now, it's it, I mean, it, it's funny because people obviously take drugs or drink alcohol to try and access that, that, those more calming effects. But I guess if we delve into this, this is an alternative. I mean, you can still have a glass of wine as well if you want, but it's kind of, it's, it's helpful to have other tools. Absolutely. And I think you, I'm glad you mentioned alcohol and drugs because it's just, it's just having an awareness of what those other tools are actually doing to your nervous system. So alcohol, people think alcohol makes you relax, but it actually activates your nervous system. It's actually a stimulant. Um, coffee people use to stimulate their nervous system. And I mean, I, I do drink alcohol on occasion. And I do drink coffee every day. I'm, I'm actually thinking about maybe thinking about reducing my coffee intake at the moment, just by the by. But it's just, it's just being aware of what those tools are actually doing to your body. And then you're right, adding to your toolbox with other. So you've got, so you, you want to have a really rich, full toolbox with lots of different things that you can dip into to support yourself. Yeah. And I suppose they're not, you know, different things are going to work at different times, aren't they? I'm with you on the coffee thing as well. I've, I've, t- I think in lockdown, I've just developed a serious addiction of drinking two or three coffees a day. And then sometimes, you know, you can interrogate things too much, but I'm kind of like, oh, I feel really on edge. And I feel like I'm sort of grinding my teeth and I'm very impatient. And, and then I think, well, that's probably because you've had three really strong coffees. Um, it's not actually that you're having a nervous breakdown. It is actually just too much caffeine yeah absolutely i mean it really it really can be as simple as that yeah and sometimes it is the simplest answer but also it's quite hard you say it's simple to stop drinking coffee but i i love my coffee it's like a part of my ritual mm. but then it's maybe you you start having your ritual with a cup of peppermint tea and that doesn't sound so great initially but actually it you know it's just about yeah it is it's about yeah i think you have to just surround it with that 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 sense of mood don't you but I'm I'm with you on the coffee as well all right well thanks a lot Jess I will share with that when I share the podcast I'll have a, a link to your Instagram um, and website so people can find out more but already I feel a lot calmer so I hope that listeners are feeling calmer as well because this will be coming out we won't quite be in the Easter holidays but it'll just be the before Easter holidays we won't call it Easter holidays we'll just call it Easter lockdown Easter. <laughs> they continue Easter lockdown Easter lockdown time um and and um yeah good luck with everything and thanks a lot for for being on it's such a pleasure it's been brilliant to chat
Thanks for listening to that. I'll include all the links to Jess's site and you can follow her on Instagram as well. I'll include the link uh, there and also the link to the book that she mentioned too. So you can follow up and do a bit more reading around breathing. And um, yeah, it's funny, even now I feel much calmer after speaking to her and I've had quite a frenetic pace this week. So it's one of those things like I think we touched on it at the end of the interview that if you're someone who suffers with anxiety and anger then essentially any kind of tools that can help um, are useful and I feel that as I get older I'm just gathering more of these tools and some of them work and some of them don't so um, definitely sort of more focused breathing helps other things that help are hot baths dancing that can help as well but not dancing in front of people dancing on your own and being outside is another big thing for me so if I haven't been outside all day and I've literally just been on my laptop and going from laptop to phone laptop to phone then I'm likely to be pretty much wired and I know then that I need to literally get outside even if it's raining in fact I just need to go get fresh air try not to tread in fox poo which that's another weird thing I've noticed that the foxes around here have been pooing on very specific things so uh, I don't know if you have that Uh, do let me know if you do at at Anarchy Somerville on Instagram just message me why do foxes poo in peculiar places so yesterday a fox had pooed on a battery which had been left by the front door so I was trying to think about whether he'd actually selected the battery pooed on it and then left it for me or what what happened it seemed like a really weird chain of events but um, I've also noticed that if you leave a piece of rubbish outside that's floated away from the recycling bin they'll poo on that Um, it's it's probably territory um, but it does feel like it's personal Um, so if that fox is listening uh, I know what your game is and you're not going to make me anxious or angry um, because I'll be breathing so there we go Um, thanks a lot and it's the launch of my book as well this week so do pre-order it if you haven't already it's called how to be a boss at aging if you like the podcast you'll definitely like the book and there's also an audio version that you can listen to so it's a bit like the podcast but a bit longer and do like and subscribe and share and all of those things because it really does help there's so many podcasts out there okay thanks a lot and see you next week ta-da